Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or physician and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you've found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Well, welcome everyone to season three, episode 27 of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I think you're gonna enjoy this one every bit as much as you did the previous two episodes as I'm bringing Scott Benetti back behind the microphone. We're gonna talk today about where call centers underperform and why. This is going to be a heady conversation around where the rubber doesn't meet the road and give you some things to think about as you go into possibly preparing your business uh, to add a formal call center structure to it. Judging from the response, call center is a popular topic. We're thrilled to have Scott with us through another wonderful cup of that Mila coffee. Get your pad and pen ready. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. Well, welcome everybody once again to the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports, and as I teased in the introduction, I am joined today by Scott Benetti. Scott, once again, thanks for joining me. Thanks for your time, and thanks for being on the show today, my friend. Hey, Perrin. Thanks for thanks for having me back. Uh, looking forward to uh, our conversation today. This is going to be a this is going to be a good one. We don't want to accentuate the negative by any stretch of the imagination, but we are going to talk about what you've seen in terms of call centers that have underperformed and why. So let me let me let you take it from the top, possibly, and um, just sort of set the context of today's uh, episode for us. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I've been in the call center world for a couple decades, and you know, a lot of my career, especially my uh, early career, was diving into areas where where there were problems uh so you know there are uh, a, a lot of ways to do a call center uh right and uh, unfortunately some ways to 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 do it wrong so i uh, just want to you know kind of walk uh, your audience today through you know how what are some of those major pitfalls that that i've seen and you know what are some ways we can make sure we we avoid those yeah, I, I think um, this is key because uh, yeah, most of our our uh, target audience um, uh, knows what a call center is, but most of them have never gone through the process of trying to implement one, and they don't know uh, what success looks like. They know it can be a costly endeavor, uh, and if done incorrectly, uh, it can be um, a, a sunk cost that they ultimately never recover. So let's maybe uh, sort of take it from the top, I would say. that So call centers are common. I mean, they're at all different shapes and sizes, different applications and, and everything like that. We're, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. And this can be learned. And I think this is another classic case of, um, you know, finding the resources uh, to accelerate your learning curve and get you to a, a level of sustainable success more quickly than the trial and error method. Um, so 
what how do we want to uh, get the boat off the dock in terms of you know what the the first thought process is to to avoid failure okay yeah i think you know the first one for me is you know not having an expert involved and you know uh just like uh hey i could you know watch some youtube videos some tiktok videos things like that learn how to you know build a house uh, but you know i don't think i'm i'm going to you know tackle that especially one one that i want my kids to live in <laughs> uh, right i'm i'm going to hire a contractor uh that's going to you know help uh you know help do that and and that's kind of with the call center you know yeah you you know some people may have experience and there's 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 a big difference between you know working in a call center and building a call center. Um, so you know you, you know just just everything that you see, the processes, and um, you know it's just really important to have that expert that you know knows the steps, could simplify it, knows where the pitfalls are at, um, knows how to avoid those pitfalls. You know, understands all aspects. Not you know it's not just about answering the phone. Yeah, that's that's an important part. You know, but it's it's the technology, understanding the technology, understanding that, you know, we have to choose a level of technology that a call center expert is is, you know, going to be able to use. Right. We don't want, you know, some of the. um you know, systems that I work with are so complex. It, it takes, you know, months and months and sometimes years to to, to learn how to use these systems. We, we don't want to choose those systems. We want, you know, simple systems that accomplish, you know, the things we need, our, our objectives, and, uh, you know, are, are very simple uh, to use. You know, for example, you know, call routing. Um, you know, call routing uh, can be very complex if you if you don't know what's what's going on, and just just having hey, I've got a call center, I'm just going to route all my calls there and have them answer them. No, it's it's a lot you know bigger than that. You know, more more complex than that to 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 set up. So you want an expert that that knows knows the 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 ins and outs. I think that's a, a great point to start with, Scott, because as as I'm listening to you talk, I mean, this is this is kind of a classic way that we approach um, a lot of our prospective client base. And, and that is that, um, you know, we're we don't have a form what I call a formulaic approach. A, a cookie cutter approach, a cookbook that says, okay, for, for somebody to work with Polaris, they have to build their business the way we want them to build it X, Y, and Z, right? It's much the opposite. We try to understand uh, what the where the business is now, uh, what the business is they're endeavoring to build, how long they want to take to get there, and ultimately what their goals are. And then we give them recommendations on that path there but it's it's a little bit more white glove and it's a little bit more dependent upon uh, what the entrepreneur has in their mind over that period of time sometimes they don't know what they don't know and we need to ask them a series of questions that they haven't considered before but they could be a series of questions that if if not considered right now um might uh, lock them into a path that doesn't yield the outcome that they want. And I think this is a classic case of, hey, if you just want to buy some type of a phone system, slap it in and integrate it with your practice management system, um, just add water and voila, you can have a call center. You know, it's not, that's not quite right. <laughs> you know, and, and I think 
judging from what you're saying, it's important to kind of go through that process of discovery on the front end to really figure out what the ultimate outcomes are that the person's trying to create and and tailor the solution not only to their budget but to their needs in a growing business. I think that's critically critically important. Yeah, because you know, last thing you you want to do is set up a a system that is is not going to you know help you achieve your long term objectives. Whether that be you know to grow you know two three four you know twenty new new locations uh, or you know what you want to accomplish. You know, we we talked in the last uh, episode about uh, you know patient and uh, team member experience. You know, so those things that you want to accomplish your cost savings you know it's critical you know if, if if that's one of your objectives which it should be um you know it's it's critical to have the right system the right processes in place you know to help you achieve that yeah yeah i, I think this is a, a classic case of uh, there's so much uh, the the cost of technologies come down so much in this um aspect that you know you kind of have a white sheet of paper you can build anything you want the downside of that is you have a white sheet of paper and you can build anything you want, and sometimes it could become a mess. So um, working with somebody who can ask the right questions, diagnose, lay out a path that really is a, a semi-customized solution to what the entrepreneur has in mind is uh, is, is really important and um, going to be going to be neat to see that unfold. Now let's let's talk a little bit about um, the people you know, who work in these call centers. I mean, there's one thing to say, we got the IT, IS, the infrastructure, the hardware and software uh, done appropriately. And this thing runs like a top, but, you know, a lot of businesses underperformed, you know, due to the the people operating those businesses. Um, How do you want to (laughs) <laughs> How do you want to diplomatically address this one, Scott? I mean, who, who are the people working in call centers? Yeah, it, with with uh, with this, it really all comes down to the profile of of the agents of the call center team members uh, that that we're going to hire. And you know, I've I've seen some mistakes where you know we hire you know somebody that you know that we would hire for our front desk, right? That's, uh, you know, sitting there and yeah, they're, they're going to answer some calls, but they're also, you know, going to greet our patients when they come in the door, uh, you know, things like that. It's, you know, call centers of a, a much, you know, different profile. You want, you know, you, you want someone who is really good at, um, you know, the speaking part of greeting customers, handling escalations, um, walking, uh, you know, people through, uh, you know, programs. Um, but uh, you, you know, you want somebody who enjoys doing that uh, for, from a distance. It's almost like the, you know, you hear the uh, the the radio. You have a voice for radio versus a face for TV, right? <laughs> you know, so you you want someone who really enjoys, you know, being on the phone, you know, away from you know the front desk, away from that face to face somebody that's you know going to be able to handle doing the same thing over and over and over again some people don't like that some people they want to do things different you know they like that you know jack of all trades type of thing where i'm i'm doing you know multiple different things versus you know hey i'm doing the same thing over and over there are people that that like that you know um i've 
I've been responsible for, you know, up to 40,000, you know, call center agents before at, at certain parts of my career. And, you know, so those people do exist. They're, they're out there. You know, we just got to make sure we understand that, understand the profile, understand the questions to ask in the interview um, to make sure that we get the right people for our call center that are going to make it successful and integrate as part of our overall team to provide that patient experience that we want. Really, really insightful there. It's not just a matter of uh, the uh, information technology infrastructure that creates the success, and it's not just a matter of uh, the people we have on 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 uh, the payroll who's all who have always answered the phones. It's really thinking about who the next wave of people is we hire and and what they look like from a profile assessment standpoint to make sure that they're best equipped to do the job. And that, uh, you know, as much as we talk about human capital on this show, I don't know that I ever would have thought about it that way until you brought it up. So that's that's good and a, a point of reference for sure. Now, I think we talked on our, our last episode or maybe it's two episodes ago that, you know, our our target profile in terms of um, uh, audience member, they're typically data hounds. Um, they they like KPIs, they like metrics, they like numbers, they like knowing the numbers and getting inside the numbers and everything. And I, I gotta believe that <laughs> some of the software applications to, to run these things can do everything but scramble your eggs in the morning. Um, and let's not create paralysis through analysis, as we say, but maybe let's talk a little bit about data uh, and and how we review data in a call center uh, context and, and how frequently for that matter, too. Is this monthly or quarterly or weekly or even daily? Um, how do how do we uh, think through that aspect of it? Yes, great, great question. There's, uh, you know, it, there's kind of. Two, uh, we'll call it sort of types of data to, to review. One is, you know, about things that have, have happened. Uh, and I'll go through that in a second. The other is 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 real time, right? So so you have, uh, you know, real time interface that kind of shows what everybody's doing at, you know, every single, you know, point during during the day. Um, and, and we use that, you know, once we have uncovered problems in our, you know, daily data. So each each day, you know, we get a report that outlines, you know, all the key metrics, right? So, hey, how many calls did I get? How many calls did we, um, you know, uh, abandon? How many calls basically the customer called in and we didn't answer it enough time and, and, and they hung up, right? Um, how many, um, how long did it, uh, on average, take us to answer these calls? How long was the average call length? And then, you know, the um, uh, we'll say efficiency of each, you know, call center agent. So each agent, you know, how much of their time is being spent, you know, on on the phones, right? Uh, and we need to review that daily. The good thing is, 
I mean, it, it takes 15 minutes, you know, to review this data on, on a daily basis. And it seems so simple, but what I see a lot of times happen is people will review this data and then, you know, everything's going fine. So they're just like, eh, no need to review the data. Um, you know, meanwhile, we've, we've got problems. We've got somebody in the call center who isn't answering their fair share of calls. We've got a lot of calls being, you know, abandoned. Our new patient conversion rates, you know, are, are, are dropping. And then we don't see this until some, some kind of escalation comes up, a, a customer complains, somebody in the call center will complain about, you know, one of their peers that's not, you know, doing their job, so to speak. Right. And, um, you know, in that, by the time it reaches that stage, we're in a bad situation. We've got, you know, a, a lot of upset, you know, call center agents, um, you know, we've we've got some a lot of upset patients. We could have missed uh, several conversion opportunities. We could have upset long term customers that are going to leave. But if we review that on a daily basis, we'll see trends real quick and be able to to tackle those. And and you know, it's real easy to to learn that, right? We you know, training can be uh, created that that shows you how to dissect that information really quick. And then if you do see something. That's where you go to the live. Hey, I, I think this call center agent is, you know, not really uh, avoiding calls. Um, uh, and then you go to the live, um, you know, interaction uh, interface, and you can see right there what what they're doing. I, uh, I did this very very recently. There was a, a an issue a call center called me about, and we found out uh, this was a very uh, you know white glove type of uh, service, and it uh, only had fifteen people answering in this particular queue, and we had three people who really basically were not doing their job. Um, but you know that should have been found out, you know, months earlier. You know, by looking at the data, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah, um, there. I think there is a lot of uh, um, a lot of availability of analytics um, for these systems that give us greater insight into managing the business. And if you think through, uh, you know, all the different aspects of a group dental practice. KPIs, data and analytics, uh, dashboard overlays, uh, and, and a lot of other things that people tend to track, um, even down to simple Excel spreadsheets. This is a key one that all too often is, I don't want to say impossible to track without it, but it's just, it's problematic. And and how we uh, how we work through those conversion aspects, retention aspects, uh, and monitor the performance of that is critical to to getting our our marketing dollars to pay off. Um, and where we can't or where we don't, um, we're we're literally, you know, we've got a hole in the bucket. And I think um, this is a an opportunity for. Uh, a lot of people to build an additional strength and to a degree, a competitive advantage uh, within their business uh, if they choose to take on this as the next, you know, uh, component of scaling the business. So I, I'm really jazzed about this in terms of a concept and just the um, the applicability of it and and the outcomes it can create. I'm, I think this is the right service at the right time for a lot of our, our core constituency, for sure. Um, Scott, you know, uh, 
we, we touched on the profiles of the agents working in call centers, but, you know, let's maybe go back to the, the human component. I mean, is there an, any, any additional staffing considerations from either uh, uh, an agent standpoint, a leadership standpoint, or anybody in between? Yes. Um, a couple things. You know, first I'll, I'll talk about, uh, you know, leadership, right? Um, if we have a very small contact center, you know, just a, a handful of locations, um, you know, the, the, the management of that will, will probably go to your, you know, already, you know, operational, you know, management staff, right? We'll, we'll, we'll manage that. They'll be the ones who, you know, do the daily review of the KPIs, um, you know, escalated concerns, you know, all of that. As, as we grow bigger, you know, we slightly bigger, we want to hire a, a supervisor that, you know, has supervisor experience at a call center, um, you know, kind of, you know, knows, knows reporting, knows how to lead, uh, understands the profiles that we're going to be hiring for. And that supervisor, what's great is, you know, we have peak call volume hours. So during those peak hours, like, for example, a lot of times a Monday morning uh, is, or, you know, in the mornings, just after lunch, you know, those types of things. Um, the supervisor could take calls, you know, so so during the peak hours, you know, they're going to be on the phones to handle those calls during non-peak hours. They're going to be reviewing the data. They're going to be coaching agents. They're going to be giving feedback to agents. Uh, they're going to be doing all that. So you can structure it in a way to where, you know, your costs are, are, are really minimal because of the percent of time they're going to be on the phones as you get you know, bigger, you know, you know, 15, 20, you know, maybe even more locations, you know, depending on your call volume and, and the other uh, additional duties you have your call center do. Um, you know, we may have a, a call center manager who's dedicated off the phone, you know, doing that. So, um, you know, as that's kind of how you, you progress to kind of map it out, you know, and you could be helped with, you know, each that you get this location, many locations you need this, or is this many call center agents you need this and, and, and going forward. Um, so, you know, I see a lot of times, you know, fail because we, we don't have that. You, you get, you get big and try to have your operational staff manage it and they, they can't, they just don't have the expertise. So as you, you know, get to a certain size, ensuring that you have that, you know, call center leadership there, you know, that, that can, can really support you and help you out. Uh, the other thing is just, you know, staffing agents. Uh, I've seen this uh, as as a as a concern. You know, sometimes it comes up because, you know, call center isn't our our main thing. Right, our main thing is 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 helping our our, our patients. Right, uh, you know, in the office, in the chair. You know, that's kind of 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 what we do. And if we have um, you know, a, a clinical team member that is going to leave or has left, you know, we're all over backfilling that. But sometimes I've seen where we don't do the same for the call center and it, it quickly gets us in trouble. Um, so really, you know, staying on top of the staffing there, you know, as you get larger with multiple practices, it can bring on that supervisor and empowering them, you know, to help you with that and have someone, you know, dedicated to interview and things like that, that can help um, you know, uh, dramatically uh, to ensure that uh, you're you're properly staffed. Uh, because what happens is you you get down one, it's like okay, no big deal. We get down two. Well, now we, we've got to make a choice. We've got to you know either 
route these calls back to the office, which we're really trying to avoid for for many reasons, or you know the the customers are are going to have to wait longer to get their call answered, which will result in more abandoned. You know, so so neither solution is good. But the good thing is, if we do find ourselves in, in these situations. Um, you know the technology behind uh, you know within the within the um, uh, you know phones within the call center to the PBX is going to you know there are certain things we can do to help you know route calls you know differently um, you know do route route some of them back to the office as a as a band aid we don't want to do that you know we want the call centers service itself but if we do get caught in those situations there are band-aids that we can put in place and, until we get the staffing right good stuff there's so much to this and we have only just scratched the surface on it and uh like i said the you're going to cover a lot of this uh in florida fort lauderdale may 10th through 12th for building your enterprise platform but obviously you're going to be working with our clients to to build their own uh call center moving forward and i think this is a another aspect of a scalable solution that will help people um you know bridge that kind of no man's land, if you will, between like five to 10 locations. Uh, you've heard it referred to as the dark tunnel from times past where, you know, you, you make a lot of uh, in investments in infrastructure and the back end piece of the platform. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to take on the headache of building a call center? Well, if you want to build a, a larger organization that's scalable and ultimately more valuable, the payoff is is going to be there and, and offering uh, semi-customized tailored solutions um, is what we're all about so this is going to be super cool a lot of fun and, and i think something that um, our our audience is going to find immensely beneficial moving forward scott you're a genius at this you're a pros pro and we're better off for it thank you so much for joining me on the show today can't wait to be with you in florida coming up my friend yep thank you parent i'm yeah, really looking forward to uh florida it's gonna be great awesome Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for joining me on the show today. Uh, stick around. I'll be back with some additional thoughts and to wrap up the show.